Hey there folks, before we get started, a couple things to plug. I had a great weekend in Arizona, just got my COVID results negative. That's exciting. I'll talk about that later. Uh, maybe. I guess it's newsworthy. Um, but I did put up a travel vlog on my YouTube page. Once again, if you don't subscribe to me on YouTube, what are you even doing? You're obviously a fan enough to listen to me. Why don't you look at me? Why won't you look at me? Go subscribe on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Zoltan Cassis. Join the 44,000 others that have subscribed to my page. Uh, and go check out the new travel vlog I put up. It's a mixture of stand-up and travel and hijinks and bikers. There's bikers involved. Or a story about bikers. I'll probably talk about it on here. But it's also on there. Will you just subscribe? One more thing. Uh, I'm going to be traveling again. I'm going to be doing comedy. Live stand-up illegal comedy. At a comedy club in Appleton, Wisconsin. Once again, Appleton, Wisconsin. Skyline Comedy Club, November... I can say November. November 7th through the 9th, right after the election. Uh, come watch me do comedy during a civil war. Huh? There's going to be five shows over three days. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good time, I think. I hope. I like Wisconsin. I think if there is a civil war, that is where I should be. I should be in Appleton, Wisconsin, surrounded by the friendliest people in the country that uh, aren't Canadian. They're pretty much Canadian. They're, they're right next to them. They're high-fiving Canadians on a daily basis. Uh, they're good people. They Chunky faces, fluffy bodies, that's where I want to be when the uh, when it hits the fan. And I think that's the weekend when it will happen. Uh, so come on out to that. Other than that, leave a five-star review on iTunes and a comment. I'll read it in the opening buffer. I think that's it. Let's hit the music. This week in Zoltan. And action. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan. I might be coming in a little hot on that microphone. Let me step away. Uh, welcome. It's uh, it's this week in Zoltan. This is the podcast that I do. It is episode three hundred eight, coming at you on a Thursday. This is my fourth attempt at recording this, and I hope I don't pick up all the technology that is sitting in front of me and throw it out the window. I'm slowly becoming irrelevant, and by slowly, I mean very quickly. Very quickly, technology that I've paid a lot of money for is working against me, and I'm feeling irrelevant in the world, but we're fighting against that. Um, but you know what I do? Uh, I'm going to do something different. This week, I'm giving the shout-out to the Cat Person level members on YouTube immediately. Uh, they read as following Laura Nystrom, Stephanie M., Julia Avina, Isa Dawn, Ellen Chestnut, Renee Spaulding, Dustin Henson, Craig Rappaport, Judy Dean, Ema, Catherine Maya, Marilyn Rx, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Annette... Uh, Mary Garrison Quay, Sarah Zanto, TT, uh, Alan Nugent, Laura Hornstra, and Danny Cox. Thank you for your, uh, your support. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you can go subscribe to my page on YouTube and become a member of the page, which is like YouTube's version of Patreon. There's three different levels, a buck ninety-nine a month, four ninety-nine a month, and the cat person level, which is nine ninety-nine a month. These are the big-time fans, so if you want to sign up for that, go do it. Uh, or you can subscribe to the page. It's free. Anyway, uh, it's been a good week. I just got 
my COVID results. And after a weekend in the Wild West, which is Arizona, Arizona doesn't believe in anything. I think they just made Martin Luther King Day a holiday. They don't do daylight savings time. I think they might slaughter chickens to the gods. I don't know what else they do, but I didn't get COVID out there, even though I was performing in a mall next to an axe-throwing establishment. I mean, if there was ever a background to get COVID, it would be performing at the top of a shopping mall next to an axe-throwing establishment. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense where you got the COVID. But I didn't get it. I went. I came home. I scheduled a thing at CVS. I went to a drive-thru where they handed me a Q-tip. I jammed it in my nose. I swirled, held it for 15 seconds, then rinsed and repeated to do it to the other nostril, and I just got the results. The Z-Man is clean. Clean, I tell you. And this is the same thing I'm going to be doing when I go out to Wisconsin uh, in November, right after the election. The election's November 3rd, and I will be in Wisconsin, which I believe is a battleground state, uh, that weekend. So, you know, come come to it. It might be the last show ever done. But I feel like it's the safest place to be if the world, or the world, if we end up falling into a civil war. I think those are the friendliest people you could ever be around. So I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in a safe space, I think is, is what I'm looking for. Um, it's been an interesting week. Uh, let's start off with comedy. Why, why not? Uh, Bill Burr was on Saturday Night Live, uh, one of my favorite comedians. He hosted Saturday Night Live over the weekend, and uh, there's an opening monologue. So he did stand-up, and they said there was an uproar. They said he was canceled. They said uh, people were upset on Twitter. I've seen multiple articles and trends and texts. The only thing I can't find or have a hard time finding is the actual negative tweets. I think I honestly think there was four negative tweets about Bill Burr's set on Saturday Night Live and then like a thousand tweets going, who's upset and why? Unless I'm bad at searching on Twitter, which might be. Because I think what I did was I just put in Bill Burr SNL on the, on the search bar and I was just scrolling through with a bunch of people asking the same thing I was asking, going, who's upset? What happened? I watched the set. What? Comedy. Comedy happened at a comedy show. And I found like four tweets that were mad. And one was a lady whose Twitter handle was like the angry feminist something something. And I'm like, well, she, she's supposed to be mad. It says it right there in the name. You know? I, I watched the set. I didn't think it was, it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought the crowd was a little tight, but isn't that an SNL crowd? They get a little, whoop. that's what it is. I think it's so silly to get upset at a comedy thing, at the comedy monologue on the comedy TV show, while the world is in an apocalypse and uh, it's an election year. There's so many things to get upset about. I don't think jokes is one of them, but I'm also biased because I'm a fan of his. And I'm a white male, which means my opinion stinks and is not needed. So add that to the list of positive <laughs> Bill Burr opinions. I, it's comedy. I don't think he meant anything by it. Um, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, I wrote notes down about it. Maybe that'll help. Four people got mad. 
that he did comedy on a comedy show, getting mad at comedy during an apocalypse and an election year, is like, oh, this is good. This is a good point. I think I wrote down. I said, uh, getting mad at comedy during the apocalypse and an election year is like walking by the band that was playing on the Titanic and going, I think that violin's out of tune. And I stand behind that. I think I wrote that when I was under the influence of an edible. But I stand behind that. Getting mad at Bill Burr doing a comedy set on a comedy show during an apocalypse, during a pandemic, and right before an election that could decide the next civil war is. That is. That's like getting mad at the band on the Titanic while they're playing and it's sinking and you're like, hmm, that violin's out of tune. It's the same. I think. I think it's a solid take. Anyway, he did comedy. And he's not canceled. That was the other thing. They're like, all these articles are like, oh, they're canceling Bill Burr. You have to have a job to get canceled. That's the sweet thing about stand-up comedy. Is you have to be working somewhere to get canceled from it. It's like the uh, the Uber CEO. Do you remember? Like this is a couple of years ago, but the Uber CEO got into an Uber and started yelling like racist stuff. I think, and then so then Uber had to go get a new CEO. So you can't be causing a ruckus while you draw a paycheck from another entity, because then you will get canceled. But a comedian, what do they get? They're not going to stop them from doing comedy. The pandemic will, but I think they're going back to traveling anyway. You have to have something to be canceled. The best they can do is take his cartoon away on Netflix, which I don't think will hurt his feelings. I don't know the man. I've met him a couple times, but I'm taking a guess that after doing four seasons of a silly cartoon show, that is quite funny. I very much enjoy it. I think that's the only thing you can take away, and I don't think Netflix is going to do it. Call it a hunch. I don't think Netflix is going to take his specials down, off of a five-minute set where he said white women were uh, hijacking the woke movement. Also, that line was beautiful. They swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression. Like, if Hemingway wrote that, you'd be like, what a great line. If Bukowski wrote that, if... uh, Who is the lady that wrote Charlotte's Web? E.G. White? E.B. White? If J.K. Rowling wrote, swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression, it would be on everyone's, like, Instagram memes with, like, a paisley background, (laughs) and it would be getting shared everywhere. But, because Bill Burr said it, it got four people upset. Also, remember that. Maybe I'm bad at searching for the hatred and the backlash, but I, I found, like, four people that were upset on Twitter. I did give up after like seven of these. I did seven swipes to keep refreshing and I found four people that were like, I didn't care for that. Even all the news articles that were posting about how there was so much backlash against his set, they all shared the same two tweets. Because I don't think they could find the other two that I did. I think that's what it was. And he's handling it perfectly. He's not saying anything about it. Has anyone learned that yet? If you get in trouble, just don't say anything. You know? 
All he did was he tweeted, he's like, hey, thanks for having me on Saturday Night Live. What a good time. And then that was it. While the four people were like, I'm upset. And then a bunch of other people were like, who are these people that are upset? Getting upset at comedy is silly. It's even when they're talking about big issues, when it's race and LGBTQ and all these rights, like whatever we're talking about, war, political policy. And we all, we're all susceptible to it because the people that are like, let's say politically right, and they're upset at the people mad at Bill Burr for doing comedy that might be poking at the left a little. You guys get upset too when a comedian makes fun of Trump. So it goes both ways. You can't, because that side just goes stay away from politics. Well, is it politics? Because the guy was a reality TV show host and I'm making fun of his orange skin and his funny hair. Oh, stay away from politics. I don't think it's politics. And then we do it both ways. Now the other side's going, well, that's just, he should be canceled. I think it's just comedy. It would be different if he was like ru running for political office. But it's just, it's satire. This was the whole point of anything ever said on a comedy stage. <laughs> That's the only reason a comedian says anything on stage. <laughs> it's great if there's a message there. It's good if you make a point. But the only thing we're looking for is... <laughs> That's the goal of it. That's it. It's not deeper than that. I know sometimes some great statements come out of a comedy set that are deeper than just laughter, but the goal is giggles. And the biggest competition to a comedian is a fart, because nothing will be ever funnier than a fart. You could have the best joke over here and a long wet fart out of nowhere over here and the long wet fart will get the bigger reaction every single time. I think Doug Stanhope said it in his last special because he was making fun of something, uh, something dark probably knowing Doug Stanhope and there was the thing like, you shouldn't make fun. And he made fun of that. He's like, well, how awful of a person must I be? I took something horrible and tragic that made people sad, and I made it fun? What a dick I must be. I think that's the quote he said, and he's absolutely right. That's what comedy is supposed to be. You take things that are bad situations, and you make them funny. My mom and I did that. Dude, that was, that was my whole childhood. When my mom and I came from Hungary, we were poor, and we were living with other families, and she had a crappy job, and, uh, you know, my life was pretty good, but we would, before we went to sleep at night, we would, like, do little monologue sets making fun of our cruddy days. Hers were better, I'll be honest, because she was actually out there putting in the legwork for our lives in America, and I was just going to school, and a good school at that, so I was just, like, making fun of, you know, whatever. I was making fun of a kid's bowl cut and suspenders while probably having a bowl cut and suspenders. And then she was making fun of her crappy job and her crappy boss, and then we'd have a good laugh, and then we'd go to sleep. That's what you're supposed to do with bad situations. You're supposed to make fun of them. So you at least smile about it, and you can go to sleep the next day. Because guess what? I think at the end of this, we all die. 
Not to make it too morbid, but I think at the end of whatever our journey on this planet is, it ends the same. They're going to throw dirt in our face. So we might as well giggle as much as possible till we get to the end of it. And that's the point of comedy. The whole point of it is to finish a sentence and have a room full of people go, <laughs> And if there's a good, powerful message behind it, awesome. But... The main goal is ha 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 ha. It's not that complicated. It's actually pretty idiot proof. I think that's it. I think that's everything I've ever written down. Is that everything I had here? Also, you can't cancel someone who's self employed. Yeah, I put that down there. Oh, yeah. I wonder if people always got mad at comedy. I wrote that here, too. Is that, is that a new thing, or did people always get mad at comedy? Like, did people get, like, was there uproar about the Three Stooges in the 30s? I was just thinking that. Like, was there, were there, I, you know, there wasn't Twitter around, but were there protests? Were there calls to action? Were letters being written, postage stamped, and mailed, express, to MGM Studios or wherever, Paramount? I don't know who made the, the Three Stooges. Was that what was happening? Was there hatred because they were promoting violence and slapstick comedy and bad haircuts? I think it's a new thing, but I also haven't been on the planet longer than 33 years, so I'm not sure. But it would be funny if like, there was backlash to Charlie Chaplin or street mimes. That was probably the number one comedian in the 1800s was some mime. Some dude just going, just doing the box thing. And then they're like, how dare he? How dare he? He is clearly not in a box. This is so offensive to everyone who's ever been buried in a coffin. They can't get out. Is anyone thinking about them? He's just up there making fun of them like they aren't dead in a box. Comedy, everybody. Just trying to make you laugh. And it's also not for a noble good. Comedians were trying to... I mean, I don't want to speak for all of them, but for me... Uh... I'm not up there to make you laugh so you feel better. Like, if that happens, great. But I'm up there selfishly, because I love it. It's the only thing I'm good at, and I like the feeling of a room full of people laughing at something dumb I came up with. What was that? Uh, there's a town hall debate this week, which is going to be, you know, whatever that is. Uh, I'm not going to watch it, because they're not even going to be in the same room. It's not even going to be a debate. It's going to be two guys standing in a room while people ask them questions and then they don't answer the questions. Not going to watch it. It was good that we got one boring debate in. The Kamala Harris, uh, Mike Pence, the vice president debate. I was into that. That gave me a nostalgic feeling. Anybody else? It just gave me, it made me feel like olden times. It was just a boring debate. It was a boring, respectful debate. It was just two politicians avoiding questions and saying what they wanted to say to get elected, and that was it. The most exciting part was a fly landed on a dead guy's head. That was the most exciting part of the debate, is an insect came in and landed in some corpse hair, and that broke Twitter. You know why? Because the rest of it was painfully boring, as it should be. 
politics is supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be about policy. It's supposed to be about dodging questions. It's, a, it's not supposed to be entertainment. It's not supposed to be WrestleMania. It's not supposed to be, uh, I don't know, what's the most popular uh, reality TV show right now? It's not supposed to be that. It's not supposed to be 90 Day Fiance. There's not supposed to be a Pillow Talk episode. It's supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Bravo to you. Bravo to what you did to show America what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a snooze fest based on policy and question dodging. And you did it. And we're proud of you. Like, if you think about it, if that fly situation happened in the Trump-Biden debate, it wouldn't have made it past the fifth trending thing. Because that debate had so much nonsense going on, cutting people off and not blah, 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 interrupting, saying, calling each other clowns and like they're in third grade. And if that fly landed, that would have been like the fifth thing. The fifth thing trending. Like, hey, did anyone notice that fly on that dead guy's head? But because we were watching a normal, boring, old school debate, it just, mm. You know what it felt like? It felt like watching a football game from the 90s. Just a run-first offense with a play-action pass after two runs up the A-gap. Nice little play-action pass to hit the tight end on a corner route to get a 20-yard first down. Is that a good enough analogy? Just not, none of that new football. You know what it was? It was old basketball. It was like watching basketball in the 90s when uh, the point guard would bring it up get it into the post so either Shaquille O'Neal or Patrick Ewing or Akeem Olajuwon could like do a little shake and maybe a fadeaway jump shot if that missed then someone would get the rebound kick it out maybe you'd see a three-pointer maybe you'd see four three-pointers put up by both teams combined in one quarter not like it is now where everyone's either hucking it from half court or trying to break the backboard with a dunk those are the only two options this was old school debating, just like old school football, just like old school wrestling, just like old school pro wrestling. None of that. Uh, now it's just like uh, parkour guys running through synchronized dance routines while wearing colorful tights and having no facial expressions. That's what it is. Not like old school wrestling where Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock would just pummel each other and flip each other off and raise eyebrows and be characters. It's good. Thank you. A giant thank you to Kamala Harris and Mike Pence for just giving us the debate that this country needed. We needed that debate. We needed to be reminded. Just like, you know, when you're on your own and you eat out too much, every once in a while you need to be reminded uh, by going back to mom's house, what a home-cooked meal tastes like. Just to be reminded. That's what this was. This was a reminder of what debates are supposed to be and how they're supposed to go. They're supposed to be boring, and if an insect or something wacky comes in, it should, it should take precedent and take all the attention away from the boredom. That's what it's supposed to be. Did I ramble on that enough? I think so. Um... Other than that, Arizona was wonderful. Uh, go watch the travel vlog I did on it on YouTube. Uh, Arizona was great. I've, uh, you know what's happened? As I've gotten older, I appreciate the desert more. 
And I've, I've made that drive to Arizona. From San Diego to Phoenix is about five to six hours, depending on how fast you drive. If you follow posted uh, legal speeds, listen, if you don't do over 80, it's about six hours to get there. Um, if you do 100, I guess you can beat that. But I've made the drive many times, and I always hated that desert drive. I used to call it the treadmill. I called it in the video, the treadmill, where... You're just on that little freeway. There's nothing but desert. You can tell you're moving, but it feels like you're not getting anyway, anywhere because the surroundings are the same for hours and hours and hours until you get to the residence and hotel, and then you're like, oh, I guess I'm here. And I've never appreciated it. I've always hated it, but this drive in particular, I was driving and just looking at cactuses and dirt and peacefulness, mountains, flat harsh, hot, unforgiving desert. And I I don't know what's changed other than the fact that I've gotten older, but I appreciate the beauty that the desert gives. I think it's because it looks like the desert's dying, and even though I'm not old, I feel like I am too. Like I, I knock on wood, I hope I have many more decades in front of me, but I understand that I'm getting older. Things hurt for no reason now, and I understand that's going to get worse as the decades come and pile on, but I feel like in my 30s, I've come to the realization that there is an end to this ride called life, and death is imminent, and that desert, I think I related to it. I was just driving through hours of desert and watching things live in the desert whether it's a cactus whether it's a a little bird or a lizard or a rodent or those leather-faced people that live out in the desert like you know in those small towns that you just drive through and you're like what murder did you commit in the 90s that they haven't dna tested yet to where you're hiding out in the middle of nowhere just to get by they're surviving just the fact that so many living things are surviving while surrounded by death, I think, gave me this connection to see the beauty in the desert. And that might be very far-fetched and convoluted, but I, I just felt like, uh, I felt at home. Just sitting in my Honda Fit with the cruise control set at 80 and just looking at nothingness going yeah yeah we all are we're all gonna die but you can live in death look at this look at all this nothingness cactuses rodents leather-faced people alive all of this is alive and at peace seemingly is that too poetic i'm sorry i almost got emotional there um that was the other thing. The last thing I brought up, I uh, this has been trending everywhere. The mountain lion attack in Provo, Utah. Did you guys watch that? If you haven't, go watch that. It's a six-minute video of a man trying to cuss away a mountain lion and then coming to the realization that it doesn't speak English and you're going to have to throw a rock at it. That's what it was. It was a six-minute video of a guy in the wilderness backing away from a mountain lion while cussing at it like it just took its parking spot at Costco and then after six minutes realized 
I don't think he's getting this. Picked up a rock, chucked it, and the mountain lion ran away. And I'm going to make fun of the guy. Because not only would I have been cussing, I would have been sobbing. I'd, you wouldn't have understood what cuss words I was yelling because there would have been snot, tears, calls to my mother. There would have been so much going on. But confessing sins. I stole a temporary tattoo out of a sealed magazine in 1999 because I'm a wrestling fan. Whatever. All that would have been blurting out through tears and boogers and snot and saliva and pure and turds. I would have been... Everything would have been released from my body if I was in that situation. So I'm not knocking how this dude handled it. I'm just making fun of the situation because I would have handled it way worse. I mean, what a good reason not to go hiking. Don't go. Don't go by yourself. Just run. You should never go into the wilderness by yourself unless you're the most badass thing in that wilderness. You know? It'd be like going to a bad part of town just by yourself, holding your cell phone, whipping it around like you're not going to ask for trouble. That's what you're doing. Don't go into the wilderness by yourself unless you know for a fact that wilderness doesn't have bears and mountain lions. If you're going into a situation with mountain lions and bears and whatnot, have another person at least. Another. Maybe three. Maybe four. Make a group outing. But don't just run. That's what he was doing. He was running through a trail. Which, dude, I bet you that video was six minutes of him thinking he was going to get killed by a mountain lion. Once he threw the rock and it ran away, I think three minutes after that, he was on that same cell phone ordering a Peloton. There's no way. How did that guy... That guy has a Peloton at his house by now and a treadmill. He's like, oh, I'm never working outside ever again. He's going to buy those dumbbells that, like, you just get two of them, but they can be any weight. He's going to have those. They look like they're from the future. They look like the what Ivan Drago in Rocky Four trained with because he had all the high-tech stuff. I like how I'm doing this. Like, this is how weights work. But there's no way he's ever running outside again unless he's dumb. Then, then I will make fun of him. How dare he? Uh, you got, you, you, that, that thing spared your life, essentially. Because it could have turned back around after you threw the rock and went, wait a second, he's going to run out of rocks. And I'm still going to kick his ass. But he didn't. Oh, he. He was a mother lion. Ran away. Ah, it could have been non-binary. Gender fluid. We don't know. We didn't talk to that cougar. That cougar could have been gender fluid. Um, but yeah, what happened, this guy was, was on a run, and he saw some baby, what he thought were bobcats. And he started taking video of them. Then he got attacked by a mountain lion. And then he realized those kittens were mountain lion cubs, and that mom was pissed. Because no mother wants their kids videotaped by a strange man working out by himself at the park or on a hike. That's uh, any species of mother would have been, would have reacted that way. If that guy was doing chin-ups at a park and then just started videotaping uh, a gaggle of babies off to the side, he was going to get a mother in his face. Same situation. You're running up a hill and you start videotaping some wild animal's babies. That wild animal is going to try to castrate you right there in front of everybody and God. Except there wasn't anybody there because you went by yourself, you dope. He even said in the video, because I should have brought my gun. Yeah, 
Yeah, what are you doing stepping into the wilderness knowing that you're not the most badass thing in that wilderness? Even, I would never do it. Even if I was in a wilderness where I knew there weren't any mountain lions or, or bears, it would still be like, I know me. I know that like three or four mice could come together and plan an attack and I think they could defeat me. I think I would have a hard time. I would be too busy doing high knees on tippy toes, trying to make sure they don't run up my pant leg. And I'd eventually exhaust myself, tip over, and then they'd, they'd win. They'd have me down for the three count. Maybe a submission. I might submit. But the point is, go out there with a corner man who can throw the towel in. Or at least live to tell your story. Yeah, there's no way that guy doesn't own a Peloton. That was the... Uh, that should be the best commercial for Peloton. Peloton should pay that guy like a million dollars for that footage. And the next time someone goes, why in the hell would I pay so much money for a stationary bike with a laptop on it? And they'd be like, oh, watch this six-minute video of this man who was almost murdered by a cougar because he decided to run outside by himself like an idiot. And scene. And you're sold. The stock's going to go through the roof. I think that's it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing. Uh, once again, I'm going to be in Wisconsin, Appleton, Skyline Comedy Club, November 7th through the 9th. Uh, make sure you come to that. Go to ZoltanComedy.com. You can sign up for my mailing list where I will send emails when I come to your town or whatever I'm doing. I don't send too many emails. Don't worry. And I'm not going to sell them to Nike or anything. Um, other than that, go to YouTube, subscribe, look into being a, you know, a, a member of my page. Follow me on all the social media, Zoltan Comedy, for Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube is Zoltan Cassis. Yeah, you will have to learn to spell my last name. I think you can spell it wrong in the search bar, and I'll still come up. Either way, I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, and get ready for the, you know, the impending civil war. It's gonna happen. I mean, I hope it doesn't, but whatever, what evidence do either of us have saying that it won't? Be prepared.